Polar7 Enterprises presents Comic NFTs, an ethical approach, using digital collectibles to enhance your independent comic business. Read for you by the author, Greg Choswald. For access to extensive references, images, and a glossary meant for beginners, be sure to download your copy of the book at comicnfts.com. Hey everyone, Greg here. I hope you're having a great day. I just started off my morning watching the latest test flight for Starship. It was great to see the rocket get off the pad. And even though there was a rapid unscheduled disassembly in the middle of the flight, I'm sure they got lots of data for the next flight. It was very, very cool for a space geek like me. This week, we continue with navigating the concerns. And this week's topics are privacy and the next chapter is elitism. Without further ado, here we go. Be aware of privacy constraints. My taste in NFTs is closer to Eva Longoria's than Madonna's. I've never met these celebrities in person, but I've seen enough of their collections to have an opinion. I can just imagine someone out there saying, wait, what? How do you know that? I thought blockchains were private and crypto magically encrypted. Let me explain. To own NFTs, you need a wallet for the chain that hosts that NFT. The term wallet is an unfortunate choice of words as it implies some sort of repository. In reality, your NFT is not downloaded into storage in your wallet. It is held on a combination of a blockchain and external data storage, sort of like a digital safety deposit box. The wallet on your phone or computer only holds the keys to that safety deposit box. Downloads, so you can view your NFTs, only happen as needed. These keys come in pairs. A private key, to make sure that you are the only one moving things around, and a public key that you can give out. This public key acts like a mailbox address for sending things to your metaphorical safety deposit box. This public key is also what makes it possible to see inside a wallet. It keeps the contents of a wallet very private until it isn't. Public keys are pseudonymous, much like a telephone number, a car's license plate, or even a street address. While I can see that Ethereum address 0xb5c and a whole bunch of other numbers and letters, owns 10 NFTs, I have no clue who actually owns that address or the owner's real name, where in the world they live, etc. I can see what their address is up to, but beyond that, they're basically a cyber ninja. So how would you go about connecting a hodgepodge of letters and numbers to the identity of a person in real life? Most NFT owners do it to themselves. The most common way is using an identifiable NFT with a social media account that uses a real name. Madonna uses the NFT World of Women, Woman6178, as her profile picture on Twitter and includes it on her Linktree page. From there, it is pretty straightforward to connect that NFT to an Ethereum address. Once you know that address, you know the entire transaction history of that address because public blockchains are, indeed, public. While not as intrusive as a reverse phone number or a reverse license plate lookup where I can find an address, it does have implications. What if you live in a country that bans a certain religion or punishes the LGBTQ community and you purchase comic NFTs identifying you with these communities? Having your crypto address doxxed could potentially lead to imprisonment or worse. Of all the criticisms of NFTs, this is the one that resonates with me the most. I have relatives who had to leave a country because of their faith in order to stay safe. Yet, as much as I know these privacy implications, they don't really bother me any more than using a cell phone or a credit card. First off, forewarned is forearmed. Knowing that an address can be doxxed means that I take measures to keep private addresses private. 
In the same way you don't give out your home phone number to random strangers, I don't give out my wallet addresses to just anyone. I've blurred my wallet addresses from images in this book, for example. Similarly, just like people often have a home phone they keep private and a business phone for the public, most NFT enthusiasts have more than one wallet that they use for NFTs. In the Madonna example, I'm aware that this is a public-facing address and is, more likely than not, probably managed by an assistant. As intrusive as a doxed crypto address feels, the alternative can be much worse. Think about it. What information would a bad actor learn about you if they had access to your Amazon Comixology account? Unlikely to happen? My experience says otherwise. Since 2013, my passwords and personal information have been part of data breaches at Adobe, Kickstarter, Edmodo, MGM Resorts, Zynga, Wattpad, Ledger, and the worst, the giant Equifax hack of financially sensitive information. Centralized databases are never 100% private. I feel way more exposed in the traditional corners of cyberspace. Centralized servers are generally a far more rewarding target for hackers than the information attached to a single crypto address. I also give NFTs an ethical pseudopass because it isn't really the fault of the technology. Rather, it is a byproduct of the privacy versus disclosure debate going on right now at all levels of government all over the world. Blockchains that hide transactions exist today, and there is at least one chain trying to normalize this for NFTs. In general, governments do not like 100% privacy as it can camouflage criminal behavior. Almost everyone will say that they don't want others to know what they purchase or how they spend their money until it is pointed out that this allows for the anonymous purchase of things that are criminal or socially repugnant. The fact that the colonial pipeline ransom attackers asked to be paid in pseudonymous Bitcoin is part of the reason that the majority of that money was recovered. On the flip side, at least one commentator estimates that as much as a third of physical U.S. bills, a private way to transact, are used for criminal activity worldwide. We don't often put using cash and traditional money transfers in the same ethical basket as facilitating human trafficking or child prostitution, but this is sadly the reality. The push and pull of privacy versus criminal activity is why many cryptocurrency exchanges do not allow trading in privacy coins like Monero and others. This is a societal debate that goes way, 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 way beyond NFTs. What if you really, really don't want anyone to know what NFTs you or your customers have? There are a few pragmatic solutions. As discussed, you can be extra vigilant about linking addresses you want to remain private to other personal information. To further confuse things, you can use a trusted intermediary to hold and or mint NFTs on your behalf. If this still isn't good enough, the other option is to use an NFT minting platform that is based on a privacy blockchain. Without going into all the technical whiz-bang, this exists. It is totally on-brand that Quentin Tarantino's script NFTs were issued as secret NFTs. As stated on their website, secret NFTs are a new asset class of non-fungible tokens enhanced with privacy and extra control features to create hidden content and experiences. So why doesn't everyone keep their NFTs private? First, it might raise red flags with law enforcement, the old, if you have nothing to hide, why are you hiding argument. Realistically, this is a bit of a stretch. I believe that the actual reason has more to do with the value of having a provable provenance and trackable purchase history for a collectible. The trail of transactions actually has value. Unlike a print comic lost anonymously in a box in an attic somewhere, if there is a particular NFT you are after, 
you can see the address of who currently owns it. Whether the owner makes it easy or difficult to contact them in order to purchase it from them is the only variable. Page 96. A special note about POAPs. This is a good place to take a brief detour and talk in more detail about a specific kind of NFT called a POAP. As mentioned earlier, these proof-of-attendance protocol tokens are the digital equivalent of postcards or badges handed out to attendees of either in-real-life or digital events, for example coming to a Twitter Spaces live feed. They are a fun way to build and reward community engagement. However, POAPs have the same security issues as photos on Instagram or Facebook. By looking at all of the POAPs in a wallet, a malicious actor could potentially see locations where an individual has been. For some people, especially those using a doxed wallet, this could potentially be a problem. As a creator, be sure to make accepting a POAP voluntary. It would be best practice to never issue a POAP for an in-real-life event while the event was actually taking place, in the same way that it's problematic to post photos of yourself to social media at an event as it is actually happening. Page 97. Avoid elitism. There's a fine line between creating a positive, engaged community and building an insufferable elitist clique. Fortunately, as a comic NFT creator, you have your story for fans to rally around, and as long as you keep that at the core of your community, the rest will take care of itself. It is important to draw fans together over your art, characters, and story rather than a narrative of, we all have this shiny NFT and you losers don't. This is one of those you-know-it-when-you-see-it sort of things that is a tad hard to set firm rules around, but here are a few suggestions. 1. Save NFT limited exclusives for perks that are not scalable. What do I mean by this? As a comic creator, you can have a signing at a con that is open to everyone, only limited by time. However, you cannot offer a fan get-together dinner and leave the doors open for anyone to show up simply because there are capacity limits to abide by and fire marshals to keep happy. Using NFTs as an exclusive ticket would be totally reasonable in this latter context. Two, reward engagement, not just wealth. When evaluating community initiatives and setting pricing, imagine that the owner of your NFT is a 13-year-old who received the NFT as a gift. Is there a way to engage with whatever you are planning without investing more money? 3. Set reasonable initial mint prices. You can't control the resale price of your comic NFTs, but you can control the initial sale price. Set the price of your comic NFT in the same range you price any other item in your catalog of physical comics and collectibles. 4. Market your story and characters, not just the NFT. This is another fine line to walk, but you are on the right track if your marketing efforts honor potential buyers who want to affiliate themselves with your characters or story, sort of like digital cosplay, and not just the fact that they own your comic NFT. 5. Bring new fans in. Your NFT strategy should be all about bringing in new fans, not keeping people out of an exclusive club. Contrary to what you may have seen presented in the media, Elitism is not a mandatory feature of NFTs. So that's the end of part two of the book, Acknowledging the Concerns. Next up is the Politics Quick Sheet, and uh, we'll get to that either next week or the week following. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you're learning a lot. 
you've been listening to pages 91 through 98 of Comic NFT's Unethical Approach. The book in its entirety is available as a free PDF to all subscribers at ComicNFTs.com and for a small fee via Kindle and Gumroad.